You are listening to Embodied, Empowered, Engaged, a podcast for women. I'm your host, Mackenzie Eason, self-love coach, part mermaid, and full believer in the power of healing disconnect. Through honest storytelling, personal inquiry, and vulnerability, we explore what it takes to truly inhabit ourselves and engage in life with true heart and service. This podcast serves as an antidote for the tendency to mask, bypass, avoid, or disassociate from parts of ourselves and each other. If you crave the realness, connection, and nourishment in the sometimes messy process of coming into yourself, this is the place for you. If you're vibing with the show, be sure to follow me on Instagram for updates at Kenzie Ma Eason, K-E-N-Z-I-E-M-A-E-A-S-O-N, and also grab your free guided self-love meditation at KenzieEason.com. You can also now become a supporting member of the podcast fam at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash embodied, empowered, engaged. Okay, those are the deets. Now take a big breath in and enjoy today's episode. Today I have with me Barry Tesler. Barry Tesler Linden, MA, is a financial therapist, mentor coach, mamapreneur, and founder of The Art of Money. She has guided thousands of people to new, empowered, and refreshingly honest relationships with money through her nurturing, body-centered approach. Her methodology weaves together personal, couple, and creative entrepreneurial money teachings into one complete tapestry. She is the founder of The Art of Money, a global year-long money school, which integrates money healing, money practices, and money maps. Her work has been featured on Oprah.com, Inc.com, The Huffington Post, U.S. News and World Report, Reuters Money, The Fiscal Times, U.S. Today, The Cut, Girl Boss, Nerd Wallet, The Simple Dollar, Redbook Magazine, Experience Life Magazine, and Mindful Magazine. Barry is also the author of The Art of Money, A Life-Changing Guide to Financial Happiness, published by Parallax Press. You can learn more about Barry and her offerings at barrytesler.com. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Embodied, Empowered, Engaged. Um, We have with us today Barry Tesler, and I am over the moon excited and honored to have her on the show. Um, So first and foremost, welcome, Barry. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. So we start each episode out with a little grounding. Um, I like to call it just taking inventory. So I'll guide us through just a couple minutes here, and it's an opportunity for anyone who's listening to take a pause in their day and get present with themselves, see what's here, and it's also a great opportunity for you and I to do that and uh, kind of get present with each other, see what's what's real in here for us. So you can take a moment to close your eyelids and take a couple big deep breaths. Trying not to force too much, but just doing what feels good, deepening the breath, dropping in. Mm. 
And start to scan your body. So I like to imagine it's like a waterfall trickling down from the base of my head all the way down to my toes. But starting to scan from top to bottom, seeing what's here. Taking stock, taking inventory to sensations, colors, feelings, thoughts. Trickling down to your chest, the front of your heart, the back, your ribs, down your arms, to your belly. Feeling the bowl of your body, your pelvis, and down to your legs. Staying as curious as you can and Invoking what I like to call like a loving scientist. You're just seeing what's going on, observing what's here. And Barry and I can um, take turns sharing uh, just a couple words of what we each noticed, and I can go first. Um, hmm, let's see. I am noticing... There's a little tightness in my belly. It's like a mix of butterflies and feels just kind of like a rag that's a little tight. And feel my heart going a little fast. Feels fluttery also. I'm noticing there's yeah there's this like brightness and excitement in my eyes it's actually hard to have them closed because there's this like kind of fluttering excitement that's present and yeah i think i think i'll i think that'll complete it that's those are a couple of things that i feel are present for me right now so you and i do really similar body check-ins so it was lovely the end of that mm. it was great it was like oh my god that's how I do it wow it was oh, really awesome I also did not want to close my eyes um, mm. and I love closing my eyes so just was noticing that I have a lot going on so and I and I did a lovely little um, stretching dancing 10 minutes before I got on this call with you so that was that was really nice. And so in this moment, it was just eyes open and aware of a lot that's happening right now and last and its story. But, you know, um, one piece, there are many, is that last week I started the weekend or a week and a half ago by going to a wonderful wedding that we drove to four hours from where we live and then came back from the wedding and flew out to a horrible funeral, mm. terrible funeral of a dear friend that I grew up with and his family in Chicago. So holding both of those um, very close. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Full spectrum. Yeah. Mm. Wow. It's really powerful to hear. Well, thank you for sharing that. It always just feels so great to get present. 
Mm. So I would love to start off with hearing um, a little bit about your journey to where you are now. So you're a money therapist, and I was so drawn to your work because I love the embodied aspect to it. Um, And this whole podcast is about embodiment um, and really being engaged in life. And I think money is one of those keys to really engaging in life and not just, you know, meditating in your cave all day. Um, And so anyways, this theme is just so relevant. And I would love to hear a bit about your journey of how you came to this place. Sure. So I, let's see, I knew at some point that I wanted to be a therapist but I did not want to be a regular talk therapist, even like, even though I love to talk <clears throat> in moments. And so at the age of 23, I mean, there's more before that, right? But at that moment, I was living in Israel. And one day, I just thought, I'm going to integrate dance because I grew up dancing and being a therapist. And I'm going to put them together. And you know, become a dance therapist. And I thought I made up an entire field and I, <laughs> you know, and I still learned um, in another, when I, I went to Jerusalem that there were graduate programs in the U S that taught somatic psychology and dance movement therapy. And so I came back to the States. I was there for a year and I started graduate school to be a somatic body-centered psychotherapist. And I spent my 20s in the mental health field and working in hospice and leading authentic movement groups. And I really thought my topics would be body, sexuality, sensuality, food, grief, and death, and intimacy. Mm. And I started thinking I wanted to work with couples and <clears throat> and then my school loan came due and at the age of 28 mm-hmm. and you know, it just <laughs> was, you know, such a freak out moment and epiphany and eye opener and Oh my God, what is my relationship to money? Do I have one? How was this a missing piece in my education? How is this a missing piece when I was training to be a therapist? How, mm-hmm. you know, how, and at first I thought I was the only one, who did not receive this kind of education. And there was some shame around that. And then I looked around, you know, and realized pretty quickly that I was not the only one, that my community from all different economic backgrounds, from all different lineage, ethnicity backgrounds, and so on, you know, we all had been studying so many different topics and developing ourselves. And for most of us, money was the missing piece or the last frontier. And so I decided to learn everything that I could. I mean, I first thought about running away and, you know, never (laughs) facing this. And, you know, I need to be honest here. I definitely thought, oh, my God, I'll just, you know, travel and, and become a nomad and never come home and not deal with this. And pretty quickly I realized, well, you know, I'm going to face this like I do every big scary topic and face it you know, and learn everything I can. And I, you know, bookkeeping was my first stop. And it really surprised me because I wasn't good at math growing up. And so I had equated, if I'm not good at math, I'm not good at money. If I'm not good at math, I cannot learn a bookkeeping system. And there are all these little moments that led me to someone sitting me down and holding my hand and teaching me Quicken, Excel, and then QuickBooks. And 
I fell in love. And, you know, that surprised me as a creative dancer, therapist, right. so, you know, <laughs> um, early on, I just realized if I'm ever going to have a relationship to money, I have to bring all of these other qualities and practices that are so important to me in my life, like deeper meaning and sacredness and creativity and playfulness. And, and so I set about, you know, I mean, I had a bookkeeping business for therapists and coaches and artists and contractors from the age of 28 to 32 because I wasn't ready to be a therapist yet. I felt too young. And honestly, I learned, I feel I learned more about people by doing their bookkeeping because they just threw it at me. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to have anything to do with their books or their numbers. And I learned so much by doing bookkeeping for other people and seeing income and spending patterns and cash flow patterns and values, people's values, you know, how they, I feel I got the best education for me that I could between the age of 28 and 32. Mm -hmm. And then at 32, I realized it was time to integrate all my past training as a therapist with the language of money and the systems of money and put it all together. And originally started teaching in tiny little groups of 10 people over and over and over and over, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now 18 years later, I'm about to hit 50 within three months. I'm hitting 50, which is yes. mind blowing to me. Well, congratulations on your birthday coming up. That was the last part I heard. That's so, so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, wow, I love, I love hearing that story and I can so relate to many parts of it. And I've also been so amazed by this phenomena of like that, the financial money education piece isn't there for so many of us. And then having that coupled with this feeling like, well, I'm supposed to, and if I don't, there's something really wrong with me. And I, I'm just so fascinated by that. And I've had that piece of shame along my journey too. Just like, oh, if I'm, if I'm doing this wrong, it, it means that I am bad in some right. way. Right. And that's right. What, that's what shame is, right? We're not okay. I'm not okay. I don't do money right. Everyone else is smart with money or everyone else learned about money or, you know, and we, most of us were not given a financial education from grade school and up. Imagine if we were, you know, and that's changing, but you know, it was so mind blowing that we did not receive a financial education. So financial literacy and emotional literacy and those two side by side are really what my work and my mission is all about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel my heart just light up. That's something I'm really passionate about is also the emotional piece as so many of us are, are, you know, grow up with zero education, on how to be with emotions. And there's this amazing intersection where money meets that. And, and that's a piece of what I really love about your work is that, and this is pieces where I've struggled with my relationship too. And I know many other women have, it's like, if you just go on the practical tip, like, okay, here's my budget, here's a practice, or even, you know, on the spiritual side of like, I'm going to visualize abundance and this and that. And yet, you know, the, the underbelly, the undercurrent of the emotional stuff isn't addressed and like, it's, it's not going to be doing too much. Um, and then on the other side too, if, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're 
just focusing on the internal part, but you don't have any tools to really sink your teeth into or really like feel tangible, it's, it's, you're also in a little bit of a rut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why from day one, I had to integrate the practical with the emotional and psychological and the spiritual. Um, I, I know we all tend towards one or, you know, right. one side of the spectrum more and we all have missing pieces and we all have some things in place that are going well or that are healthy or where we do have strengths, right? But most of us do have missing pieces. And for me, I need to be interacting on all those levels or it's not a complete full picture for me. Um, and that's why I created the methodology that has three phases and integrates you know, all of those levels into it. Um, it's so important to me. Yeah. 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 Such powerful work. I'm, um, so I'm curious about like, uh, the shame piece. Um, what do you suggest, like, or I guess maybe not even suggest, but what do you find working with clients, um, or in your, the art of money program as you're beginning this journey and, and, unraveling this shame piece um, because I think it's so present in so many people. So shame is one of those normal experiences, emotions that comes up. We've already talked about it a little bit, right? Right. Hey, something's the matter with me. I'm smart in so many other ways, but I'm still don't know things here. Or, you know, I think everyone else knows this and it could, you know, shame can show up in so many different ways. It can show up that, we just don't know what our numbers are. And that's so embarrassing to us, even though we just never learned and we haven't tried to learn and we don't know how to, you know, pick out a bookkeeping trainer to sit us down or because some people can just teach themselves mint or quicken in one evening. My husband did, you know, like one night he just taught himself one of those. Right. Programs. And For me, as I said earlier, I needed someone to hold my hand. What I didn't say is I, I needed a box of tissue Mm. And cried, have cry breaks, and I also needed dark chocolate along the way. And I'm being playful, but really, that's part of what I needed. I needed a handhold, right. and I needed these breaks to check in with my body. And learning a bookkeeping system can take six months, and then to practice it and to get really comfortable and confident could take a year. You know, other right. people have shame around they never signed it, they they didn't read the contract that they signed. You know in getting a new job or in getting married and that job is ending or the marriage is ending and they look back and they realized, wow, if I, I was a very different person back then and I didn't know how to stand up for myself or claim my value or negotiate better. Now I would, you know, so Mm -hmm. we might have, there's, I can name hundreds, if not thousands of reasons of, of how shame comes up. You know, it's really whenever we're taking on a new topic where, We don't know our story yet. We don't know our strengths, our challenges, our healthy parts, unhealthy parts. You know, we just go into this thing where I suck. um, I'm all bad. I've made so many mistakes. We focus on the negative, you know. Mm -hmm. So sometimes one of the very first things I do is make a list of what you do well around money. And people say, oh, there's nothing. And then they make the list and they really surprise themselves. And it could be... Every, anything from my tip well to I was a single mom and I raised my son and he's in his 20s now and he's doing well and he's a wonderful young man. Okay, that's, you know, that's a, not a little thing. That's a huge thing. Um, it could be 
I learned how to budget at 18. Um, I know what my numbers are. You know, we just don't realize that we all have some things in place that are working well, you know. But really, for me, the antidote to money shame is the body check-in that you did at the beginning and how you invited people to be loving scientists, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the very first tool that I recommend, which is really something to practice um, day in and day out and all the daily money interactions that we have when we're going to go have a money conversation with a spouse, with our parents, with our children, when we're going to tell a client our fees, when we're going to go online to look at our numbers or pay bills. You know, there are so many daily money interactions. I invite people to do a body check-in before these money interactions or during them in the heat of the moment or after. And it's exactly what you did. I couldn't have done it any differently or better. It's asking yourself to check in on a physical level, sensation level, notice what emotions, feelings are present. They're all welcome. They're all part of the terrain. You know, anything from fear and anxiety to anger to sadness to checking out to, you know, to joy, (laughs) to excitement, you know, guilt. There's, you know, all the emotions that come up in any other big area of life come up around money too. So what's the emotion or emotions that are present? Is there one? Are there a few? And where's your breath? How deep, how shallow, where is it in your body, you know? And I, I, that's the body check-in. It's so simple and it's really just a practice of noticing, um, being curious, what's going on. And I find that gathering that kind of data or information leads to a better understanding of your money patterns, your money story, what's working, what's not, what's the emotion that comes up, and and so on, right? It's not a quick fix. It's not like, oh, you know, <laughs> you're done. It's an ongoing thing. I use it whenever I'm, you know, I was in the car dealership and was buying a car when we bought a home recently, you know, a few years ago and small money decisions and big ones and so on. So I love, you know, all the practical stuff and, you know, phase two of, you know, of my work is all about the bookkeeping system and practices. Phase three is all about budgeting and money map. And, mm. but the, the first phase um, is understanding our money story bringing gentleness and love and compassion to who we are, who we're not, so we can understand that better. And the body check-in is the antidote to me um, for money shame. Right, right. That makes so much sense. And when you're talking too, it's so interesting. I think in my mind, I don't think I realize how many opportunities there are to do that. You know, like every transaction or just glancing at your account or that moment when you're at the grocery store, like, oh, do I buy the, you know, the $6 eggs or the $5, you know, just all these little moments. Um, so I'm really excited to, to practice that more. And, and something I love about what you just described is, is 
you were describing like, okay, going into learning the bookkeeping, it's like having, having what you need to do it well, you know, like the tissues, the dark chocolate. And I think that's such a beautiful piece of your work is like how to, how to make it a little bit more inviting. I know for me, I'll bump into so much resistance you know, I'm just like, oh, I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to go there. It's just going to add so many feelings I don't want to feel. Um, and there's something to be said of like, okay, how can I make this, like just acknowledge that you're going to most likely bump into some things and like, okay, what do I need to make, to make this like, I guess as nurturing as possible to really include that I don't know. It's almost kind of like get rid of the expectation that nothing's going to come up. <laughs> right. Or that, you know, the emotions are going to go away one day or right. long that they are coming up. And for me, it's all the normal part of the terrain, you know, yeah. um, the emotions aren't going to go away. Um, can they loosen? Can they diminish? Yes. For some people they can looking at numbers eventually can neutralize but again, if you're a sensitive human, you know, and emotions are going to come up and it's all about learning how to work with them and that, yes, you're going to hit uncomfortable, awkward spots, right? But if you go in thinking like something's wrong or not okay, or I need to run away from this emotion as quickly as possible, right? It's going to keep going. You know, that's just how emotions are. But if you can stop and pause and do the body check-in. But I, you know, along with sitting down to have a little money date and look at your numbers. And also, you know, I love to light candles and I love to spray my essential oil sprays. And, you know, that's what I like to do. My husband doesn't need any of that, you know, but he's, he's, you know, he understands at this point, we'll go to have a couple's money date and he'll be like, honey, you know, light the candles or (laughs) spray your thing. He knows that I love that. And Mm. so for you and me, we might need more nurturing practices. You know, my husband doesn't be, but he has other things that he needs or, um, in setting up a little money date and how can you set up the environment so that, you know, this is an important part of life. It's one of the gardens that needs attention, not too much watering, but not too little, you know, right. Money dates can be five minutes a day at the beginning or 15 minutes every few days or 30 minutes twice a week. We're all different and you have to know yourself and know you know, what's, what you think is possible for you, put it on the calendar. And, you know, at the beginning, it's something that you need to practice before it becomes a habit. And then you can be looser with the structure. Right. Right. So I need all, I, I, I needed that all too. I needed the chocolate and the candles and I would sit down and, you know, (laughs) it's brave. It's brave to look at your numbers because, you know, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid we may, we make up meaning right? The numbers mean something good, bad. We, we add judgment in, you know? And so that's why, and you know, more than half the people that come to me are terrified to look at their numbers or don't know what they are yet. And Mm -hmm. think if they look, the flow is going to stop. Or, um, if I look, then I'm going to see that I'm hemorrhaging more than I realize, or, you know, yes to all that, but really 
it's like if we don't look, then we're just doing bookkeeping in our minds or ignoring it. And for most people, like when we can actually look at the number and start to put the judgment to the side or start to learn about like what are our patterns? Where are we spending? Do we spend a lot on food, dining out? Well, that may be just one of our top priorities and top values, you know, and it might not be negotiable where there might be other ways that we spend where we feel if I reduce it or let it go for a few months, it's okay. You know, there's no person except in our mind, you know, sometimes we do have that character that we think is going to tell us to be so judgmental about where we're spending or how we should spend. And it can come from family. It can come from culture. Right. Right. But ultimately it's, it's what are our values? What phase of life are we in? What level of income are we at? You know, and what decisions feel right. And usually the body check-in is part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's why I teach a whole framework that takes a year minimum, you know, to learn because it's not just the body check-in. It's also knowing your numbers, right? Right. It's also knowing your values and your goals. So when people say, I don't even know if I can spend money on this thing right now, I say, I understand. You don't have all the data yet, right? So Mm -hmm. the best thing you can do is a body check-in, but you really don't know, like, how are your numbers looking right now? You know, what's priorities at this time? And that's the full methodology that I teach. But I'll back up and just say that, you know, starting to peek at your numbers and mm-hmm. what the patterns are is very brave and it will eventually help you learn more about yourself. And then you can start planning more. Like I want to increase my income here or I would like to spend more on self-care and I'm willing to reduce this you know, to help me do that, right? Because most of us can't, don't have unlimited funds. We need to make some choices or a lot of choices. Right, right. Ah, yes. <laughs> so much yes. And and I think that's, um, yeah, I'm just so feeling what you're describing and, and it is brave work to look at it. And I think, for myself, I think I'll I'll be, you know, kind of this avoidant, like, oh God, I don't, I don't want to have to face just the, like the harrowing numbers or, you know, that you said, like some people feel like if they look at it, it'll stop the flow or it'll become real in a certain way that I'll just feel like too much to bear or the debt will be too much. Um, and in a certain sense of, um, like, I know a lot of people with having debt and especially student loans, which can be big ones very quickly. Um, a sense of feeling defeated. And then like you described all the judgments that we have around ourselves and beliefs. And, and I can so relate to, to that feeling like um, or what you were describing with, there can be a, a certain money voice in our minds. Yeah. Um, and I had my own aha moment earlier this year of recognizing that it was actually um, like one of my family members voice was actually the, the, the money voice in my head. Um, and that was so opening to realize that because, wow. It could could be someone in our family, you know, and the way they do money. And even with couples, no two people earn and spend and save and give and invest in the same way. Right. You know, at first we're usually horrified, you know, by the way the other person spend. It's just, (laughs) and yeah, I always tell the story of how my husband likes, you know, expensive road bikes and, 
um, I like, you know, acupuncture and massage and facial lotions, you know, and right. one year we added up, well, we added up a few years of my self-care and it equaled a road bike, you know? And so right. we, it was a whole discussion of what's important, what are our values, how do we spend, how is it different? How can we each appreciate the other person and grow compassion and understand like we each have have different things that we're going to spend on, even if on the surface we have the same values. Right. Right. Um, So to come back to this inner voice, it could be a parent, you know, that does money in a certain way that we've kind of taken on that we need to be like, or we're rebelling against them. You know, sometimes we've been an inner teenager and they like to either Mm -hmm. rebel or they want what they want now, you know, <laughs> you have an inner toddler, you know, or just, you know, with yeah. money, we haven't all developed fully, you know, most of us. Mm. Uh, I had a thought. Where was mm. I going? Where was I going? Um, it will come back to me. Yeah, yeah, totally good. Well, it's perfect because I'm, I'm really curious about your um, input on how to navigate the money conversations with your partner. Cause I know money, I can't remember the study, but it's just like money is one of the biggest conflict points and causes of, of separation or, um, disconnect in relationships. And I'm really curious what your advice or input is on how to begin those conversations as like you were just describing you just you're two different people you have different backgrounds different ways things you like spending money on and the money like we're talking about can be loaded for so many of us so I'm I'm, yeah I'm really curious about that yeah I love this topic Um, and they really say it's a huge percentage of the reason for divorce is money but again it's is it about money or is it that we don't know how to talk about money Mm. or we don't know the deeper um, issues or themes that come up around money, around value and power and responsibility and so on. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had a whole chapter in the book that surprised me of it's about money and never about the money. Right. It's about money because of things that we didn't learn. Right. Practical things. And then there's all the deeper themes that come up. Um, So with couples, it's, you know, number one, as I was saying, we, we come together and no two people are the same, even if we have the same values on the surface, right? We earn and spend and save and give and invest and loan just differently. Um, and so number one, couples need to be doing their own money work. And sometimes you don't have two people that are willing and ready So, you know, I've watched this over the years. There's a couple and one person really wants to um, understand their money issues and the other person is just not interested, you know, for all sorts of reasons. They have their own shame. They have their own trauma. They have their own, you know, they have their own style that they think is right and the right way and the best way, you know, and yours is not, you know, because couples tend to polarize one person focuses more, maybe even worries more. Um, the other person ignores it, right? These are, these are generalizations. One person gets identified as I'm the smart one because I've got the MBA or I came from the traditional accounting background and the other person feels stupid. You know, none of it's true because each person is something to learn from the other person. We just have different styles and approaches to money and to life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to tell one little story and then, and then talk about how I get couples to talk about money. Um, 
and it's related. They're connected. So this was a, a woman and a man. That was the couple. And they were in their 30s, um, two young kids. And he came from a traditional money background. And she didn't. Um, and he kept whipping out the Excel spreadsheets, trying to tell her, <laughs> you know, all that he knew and how smart he was and <laughs> what their numbers looked like. And she would, like, either go screaming running away crying or just like full on swearing sessions with each other, you know, it just right. it didn't work for her and it didn't work for him because they weren't connecting and he didn't understand why he couldn't be her teacher, you know? Right. And so she um, found my work and started to suggest it to him. And he thought um, at first it might've been like too feminine of an approach or approach or too, emotional, you know, whatever that means, right? (laughs) (laughs) He just was like, I can teach you. And she kept saying, no, you can't, you know? So what they learned um, is I I have, so here's one of the four step processes that I take couples through. And I say, start over, like start from the beginning. You might be five years in, 10 years in, 30 years in, right? But there's all these money habits and patterns that have been happening that may not be healthy or money conversations that you didn't have because you didn't know how to, or, you know, patterns like you would get the credit card statement and see a charge and get hysterical, you know, I, I'm saying hysterical, like get really upset, you know, right. and just, you know, and go running to your partner, whether you're the woman or the man, you know, while they're in their shot, well, while they're in the shower, you know, right. <laughs> or, Right before bed, how many times do we try to have money conversations, you know, in bed? Right. Sleepy, tired. Yeah. Not ideal. You know, so I have people start money dates over like clean slate from the beginning. And I say, do not talk about the numbers on date one. You know, Mm. money date number one is beginning again. Let's say you each get 15 minutes. So it's a 30 minute money date and it's story time. And you each get 15 minutes just to talk about, um, you know, what you learned growing up from your parents or grandparents or what your role was like in your family around money and how it was different from your siblings. Because even start there, you know, I'm the eldest of three and some were savers, some were spenders from age five, you know, we could see it. And why is that? And how can we have different you know, approaches from that early on? Was it our own personality? Was it, and we were all being raised in the same environment, you know? And so have story time around money and begin again. You might share stories that you've never shared before, even though you're 10 years in, you know, and things that you learned from your family that were healthy or not healthy or, you know, just start to share stories. And in my book, I have a whole series of questions to ask. In my year-long program, I have a whole series of questions to ask, you know, about to help you start to understand, you know, your money history and what you learned and all of that, what was passed down consciously, unconsciously. And so I like to begin with story time and have as many money dates like that as you can. And you each get 15 minutes and you don't get to comment you just listen. Mm. And if you need to do body check-ins, do body check-ins. If you need to pause and take a break after you've spoken and go take a walk in nature and come back or do the money date in nature, do it. You know, it's, 
it's beginning how to have a different kind of money date and where you're just listening to each other. You're not reacting. You're not attacking. You're not blaming. You know, we're starting from the beginning again to learn from each other. After the story time, and that's different for everyone, how long, you know, right. and you can keep doing story time. But the next thing is to talk about your values. And again, as I keep saying, you might have the same values on the surface, but where you want to spend or how you spend is going to be different. And so start to talk about how you earn and spend and what's important to you, you know, and start having those conversations. Like for us, it, you know, it was the expensive bike year versus my acupuncture and massage, you know, and facial right. And talk about that. Then step three would be who's on what? Like who's doing the bookkeeping? Who wants to be? Hopefully over a long marriage or a long relationship, you'll switch. You know, I did our bookkeeping on QuickBooks for seven years. Then I got pregnant. And somehow during that time or as we, I gave birth to our first child. And, you know, my husband one day said, I'm going to learn Mint. And I was like, what? You know, like, <laughs> and he took it over and it surprised me. And maybe you think your spouse or partner would never, but you just never know. Right. And so step three is who's on what. And, you know, you need to still be having money dates. Even if one of you is doing all the tracking and bookkeeping, your partner needs to come in on a monthly basis. Now, if you need to do this with a financial coach or therapist or financial planner or bookkeeper, you know, at first do that. Um, and, and then step four is just getting on the same team with all the larger decisions of life and work and travel. And I can say so much more about all of it, but you know, that's obviously, that's it in a nutshell. These four steps begin to have money dates, like from the beginning, start again, start to create new patterns, habits, ways of talking about money, um, that's more loving and compassionate. And so to come back to this couple, to finish the story, they started having the story time money dates. And she was able to say, you know, like the spreadsheets scare me and they don't work for me and I need to find a different bookkeeping system and I need to have a different teacher than you. And what did he get to do? He got to start to talk about his emotions that He's never talked about, you know, around money. They didn't learn about money psychology in his, you know, in their traditional training. And so, you know, he got to talk a little bit more and, you know, eventually it went from the swearing fighting to, oh, I see you more. Oh, I see you more. And I think she got a different bookkeeping system to track her own personal stuff. You know, they just, it, it took a while. I think for couples, it takes at least six months of that mm-hmm. um, to kind of turn a corner. And he realized my approach is not that feminine or <laughs> mushy, gushy, whatever. Like he got to see um, that, you know, she needed a different teacher. They needed to learn a different way to talk to each other about money. They have different styles that each have things to teach each other. Right, right. And getting on the same team. I love that. It's like all what it's, it's moving towards. And it starts with really, I, I love what you described with the story time and just, um, just a time for each person to share. And it's not like you're trying to solve a problem right away. Like, I think that's where a lot of couples are like, okay, let's talk about money and just go right to the end and try to work through and find a solution to this really charged topic. <laughs> So wow, what that's such a beautiful, beautiful process. And I 
I'm just, I feel like I could talk to you for hours about this and there's, you just have so much to share and offer people. Um, and I know we're coming, uh, winding down here. So I'm wondering, I know you have your art of money program and I'd love to hear more about just like what's coming up in your business. How can people work with you coming up? Um, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, they can, everyone can get my book, the art of money, a life changing guide to financial I always want to say financial therapy, but it's financial happiness. So life changing guide to financial happiness. And it's everywhere online at Amazon and in a lot of good. Thank you. It's in a lot of local bookstores, independent and Barnes and Noble all over the U S and Canada. Um, And so the book, you know, it's my entire methodology, money, healing, money practices, money maps. Those are my three phases. Lots of storytelling because I read memoirs and I'm a storyteller. And so I, the book is filled with my own stories and with stories from people in the community doing the work, you know, and then the whole methodology. So that's a great beginning. And then if you just come to my site and you join my community list, then there's a little seven day art of money mini course. Again, if you want like a tiny little taste of the methodology and then every year, the main program that I teach through, I don't, I don't do private financial therapy right now. Um, my main thing is my year long program. We open for early bird registration in October and then we open again in January. And if you're in the program, then I offer one or two private sessions for folks that want it. But you know, it's the main thing I do. I'm the main guide and I have a whole group of teaching assistants and we're in the private Facebook community. Often so you, you get actual, you know, interaction with me. We have a monthly community coaching call and then it's, you know, it's a money school. So I've been curating, creating, maturing, fine tuning this curriculum for 18 years. And it's a lot of material, but it's, there's a very clear framework. There's monthly themes. It takes you through four months of each phase. And then there's an extra library of all the interviews and resources that I've been collecting for years. But it's one step at a time, you know, with a great community and lots of guest teacher interviews. And we are moving into our seventh year of this year-long teaching format. Wow. Yeah, that sounds incredible. And and to have the support along the way and other people going through it also. I mean, that's that's invaluable. Yeah. The community's wonderful. You know, they show up to support each other a lot in the Facebook community mm-hmm. as well, along with me and the TAs. So that's one of my favorite parts is like seeing when other people jump in to respond to a question. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Well, Oh, I'm feeling really revitalized and inspired. And um, yeah, I feel that excitement in my eyes and just this lit up feeling having talked about you or not about you to you. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on the show. I know your message and all that you've shared is going to be really impactful to everyone who listens. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in and dropping in with us today. It's my prayer that our conversation nourished you and brought you closer home to yourself. Be sure to check out the show notes for resources and links that we mentioned during uh, the show today, along with a link on how to become a supporting member of the podcast, which, by the way, honestly includes some really freaking cool perks. 
And if you'd like this podcast and its message to reach more sisters, be sure to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. With loads of love and aloha, bye for now.